This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers, and you know what makes me mad? When insurance companies deny your claim for no good reason. That's why people call me. I'm the lawyer insurance companies don't want to deal with. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors started the post-All-Star break home stretch with a loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, who got revenge on the Toronto Raptors, this time the Bucks winning in overtime at the ATC by a score of 122-119 to on Friday night. Um, it was a very difficult game um, from the perspective of the Bucks were very aggressive, uh, kind of jumped the Raptors uh, from the get-go. The Raptors responded okay in the first quarter, but especially in that second quarter with the Giannis-led bench lineups, um, they were torching the Raptors. And, you know, by the time the Raptors kind of woke up uh, and, and tried to respond, I mean, they were just kind of playing from behind. That's um, what happens when you lose the second quarter by a score of 42-28. to That's um, what happens when you have plays like Eric Bledsoe beats four Raptors to a rebound. Um and then no one picks him up when he goes into the corner and he hits an open three. Like, stuff like that's un- unacceptable. Stuff like um, not, you know, putting a body on Giannis in transition, letting him grab a rebound and not slowing him down until he gets to the rim. Of course, he's going to finish at that point, all right? So, um, sloppy play from the Raptors. Um, a more concerted effort coming out in the second half. Um, but, I mean, at that point, the Bucks have kind of already figured out what to do. I mean, the Bucks are also very familiar with the Raptors, just like the Raptors are very familiar with the Bucks. Only difference there is that um, the Bucks have changed a lot of how they play um, defensively, and you know the Raptors still had a lot of success offensively tonight. Like, don't get me wrong, they still scored one nineteen. I know they went to overtime, but it's it's like a one eleven offensive rating is is still pretty nice. Um, the thing is, the Bucks are not under Jason Kidd anymore, so they're not doing a lot of crazy double teams. Um, and you know, it's, it's, they're not conceding as many open threes. Now, granted the Raptors did have 34 threes tonight and they did miss a lot of them, but a lot of them also weren't that great of shots. Like when you consider who was taking them, um, but, um, the Bucks were a lot more aggressive in terms of just, um, playing regular defense, um, not randomly trapping them on the floor, but selectively showing and hedging on sides of the floor and denying dribble penetration. Um, walling up the paint, obviously they have a lot of long guys. They're not necessarily good at protecting the paint, but it's they make it really hard for you to get there now, uh, which wasn't the case when they kid. So, you know, the Raptors and Bucks played to a tie in the third quarter, 31-31. Fourth quarter, um, the Raptors bench uh, came around this time, played some excellent defense. I really want to highlight Pascal Siakam, and I guess I'll do that a little bit later, but Raptors defense kind of locked down. They just couldn't generate much offensively, but they did play enough defense to go on a 10-0 run to erase the Bucks' uh, lead and uh, to take the lead for the Raptors. And then at that point, it was just a one-possession game, just trading baskets down the stretch. Um, and, you know, the Raptors, uh, this has been an issue for them all season, and it's it's frustrating. And 
it's kind of the biggest thing right now in terms of what will make you doubt them in the playoffs. It's how they respond to, um, you know, <laughs> how they respond to defenses and adverse situations where, you know, you need to make sure you get a good shot. You need to make sure you have good floor balance so you can get back in transition. And you need to come up with plays um, to win the game, uh, you know, with a close game. Because Raptors are going to be in every game. And, and this has been the case all year. It's just, you know, this game was a lot like the Washington win where they just energetically didn't really pick it up uh, until later in the game. They got themselves back into it, but then they couldn't make enough plays down the stretch. And um, uh, it's hard to pinpoint to one problem. It wasn't as much isolation play as before, although the ball does stop moving. It's, and it's not like it stops moving entirely, and they do have screens and whatever, but... It's a lot more of like relying on the dribble to beat the defenders rather than passing, which is it's understandable, I guess. Like you want to make sure the ball is in a certain player's hands, but at the same time, like yeah, it, it's just like a general uneasiness when it comes to crunch time. Like, what's everyone supposed to be doing? Um, what is your responsibility um, in terms of uh, what are you doing on offense? Because it. It either seems like there's too much isolation or too much freewheeling. And, you know, you, you see plays like Fred Van Lee pushing the pace with nobody around him and then jumping into passes and, and turning it over. Like, that's just not Van Vliet. Like, that's just weird for him to do that. And he had two of those turnovers late in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, you had uh, DeMar forcing up threes when he should be getting to the basket. Like, I I don't really quite know what they were doing. Um Anyway, regardless, they still kind of hung punch for punch, whatever. It's not like the Bucks got great shots, although Giannis was hitting a bunch of step-back jumpers. Um, it came down to a final play. The Raptors had the ball um, in the front court uh, with, like, three seconds left. They were down two. They amounted to JV, who, um, you know, wanted to do a handoff to CJ Miles, but CJ Miles is covered. And I guess because CJ Miles is coming up top, um, John Henson, who was guarding JV, kind of stepped up just in case. You know, he kind of leaned in one direction to um, show against Miles if, if need be. But um, Valanciunas took that opportunity to drive to the basket, two hard dribbles, and then finished hard at the rim, a dunk right at the buzzer. The shot is good. He gets fouled, um, and nothing is called, which is, I mean, referees are never going to call shit at the buzzer. They just don't. They really don't call anything. And if they do, it has to be one of those, like, you got to be, like, LeBron, KD, Steph, even, like, you got to be a star. And, like, yeah, JV was fouled, but, like, they just weren't going to give that foul to JV. Because, like, what if JV missed that shot? They Were, were they really going to allow that to happen and end the game on that on those circumstances? I mean, it should have, for sure, because JV was for sure fouled, and he should have been shooting a free throw to potentially send the Raptors to over, or to just end the game right there in regulation. But... Nothing was called, so they go, you know, to overtime. The Raptors start out okay. Lowry hits a three. Ibaka hits a tough jumper. But then the Bucks come right back. They respond. Giannis is making all kinds of crazy plays where he's just, you know, breaking down the defense at the point of attack and then finding shooters. One with an incredible pass to Jason Terry. Giannis was losing the ball, uses his long-ass arms to, like, stretch out of bounds. Keep that ball inbounds. Somehow Jason Terry, even though he's covered right there by Kyle Lowry and he's off balance and the fact that he's like 86 years old, Jason Terry's still able to make the three because Middleton makes the three. Um, and the Raptors, again, find themselves in a one-point situation down. Um, sorry, they were down three. 
And then, you know, they come out of timeout. It's a good play. The Raptors um, eventually find JV under, wide open underneath the basket. This time he's fouled, and it's like he's fouled again. And this was way more blatant this time. And they're like, the baseline ref is standing right there watching the whole thing happen. He's watching John Henson lay his arm right into JV's face. No call this time again, which was just strange. Like, it was just a lot of strange stuff was happening off with officiating, which... Isn't a surprise when when Lauren Holcamp is 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 out there. She must be like one of the most lowly rated referees out there because it seems like every single game she officiates there is an issue. Um and um it was just I don't know how that call wasn't made. It wasn't Lauren on the baseline, I'll say that much, but I mean like still like it's just you you mean you got Rosen arguing to the refs at one point he kind of got bumped around the screen. I thought he might have overacted a little bit, but at the same time, like I can see where he's coming from. Like he wasn't the one intending to foul Chris Middleton around the screen. It was actually John Henson who moved and forced, like, and like got DeRozan to fall, which not only opened up Middleton for the three, but DeRozan falling into Middleton was called as foul on DeRozan. Like that's crazy, man. But I mean, you know, still you should control your emotions better, and you shouldn't be complaining like that. I say Drew League. Um, but yeah, JV wasn't called for a foul, so okay, whatever. So it's a one-point game uh, in overtime. The Bucks have the ball. Giannis has the ball the other end. They keep running plays where you know they want to get a switch where Giannis against working against DeRozan, and the goal there is just you know DeRozan isn't as big, uh, and so Giannis can like launch the jumper a little bit better. DeRozan does a good job defensively, and he forces Giannis into uh, a, a shot on the baseline like a jumper, which is. Ultimately, you can't take everything away from Giannis. You know, he, like I said earlier, he's a force of nature. He's going to get something. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gian, if you watch the replays, bro, Giannis is taking three or four steps, like, after the gather. Like, you can't even take two steps after the gather, let alone, like, or you can't even take, yeah, you can't even take more than two steps after the gather. But the man is taking three, four steps. You should just watch the replay on that. He's like, I don't even know, man. He's, like, scurrying backwards like it's hopscotch in reverse. Um and yeah, Giannis. I mean, whatever. Giannis is a shot. It's it's a tough shot. It's a three point game. The Raptors inbound, going the other way. They had 13 seconds. It's it a lot of time to come up with a play. The issue is, I'm very confused as to what the Raptors were thinking. Like they inbounded the ball to Serge Ibaka in the corner, which is just dumb. Like first off, like Ibaka's not really the guy you want shooting anyway. Like maybe he's wide open. He could be your secondary third option or something like that. But like for the most part, I mean, he's not a clutch shooter. I'm not trying to give it to Ibaka. Second of all, the guy can't dribble, so he can't get himself around situations. Um, and, you know, Eric Bledsoe's all up on him. Like, he couldn't do anything. So the Raptors had to send a guy and bring a second defender over to the corner, which is where it's easily trappable, and it's hard to execute anything. Um, so a, a, a lot of time is burned on this, and DeRozan eventually gets the ball from Ibaka, and DeRozan heaves up a three. It, it's not good. They get the offensive rebound, and it ends up in the hands of DeMar, and he finds himself, like, with an open lane to the basket. With about two, three seconds left. The thing is, you're down three. You can't go for the open layup there. I know what you're trying to do, and DeMar does have a habit of going for that open layup. You just can't do that there, man. That open layup does nothing for you. At that point in the game, it just does nothing. So DeMar should have been more aware and looking around. And as it happens, CJ Miles is wide open. Jason Terry was not doing anything on that play. and He was the one supposed to be guarding Miles. Now, I'll give DeMar, DeMar credit in the sense, or I'll let him off in the sense that, like, it's loud. Um, you know, he might, it's, CJ's, like, directly behind him. 
and so maybe he doesn't have time to look around. But like, dude, you cannot take that jumper there. So you cannot take that layup there. It's just period. Like that. If you take that layup, you're ending the game. Um, and you know he ends up taking the layup and he scores it. Cool, but yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was a losing effort. But um, I don't know, man. It, it I don't. I'm not necessarily frustrated with the game. I mean, I don't think the Raptors play with the requisite intensity. I think that's what Dwayne Casey said after the game. And I like what he said about that because, like, you know, this is where it's going to be at, right? The Raptors kind of wanted to be both ways. They wanted to be easy, and they wanted to be number one, and they want to complain about, like, not getting, you know, recognition, and everything's fine, right? But, yo, at the same time, like, if you're going to be the number one seed, teams are going to be coming after you. They're going to be playing hard. They're going to come after you. They're going to hunt you like what the Bucks did tonight. And, like, the Bucks play with way more energy than the Raptors. Bucks aren't even a good away team, and the Raptors are the best home team in the league. But the Bucks overwhelm the Raptors, and some of that is structural. Like the Bucks, you know, they play the Raptors tough. They, they have like even the last game, Demar needed like fifty-two points to like beat this Bucks team, and it was in overtime. So, you know, yeah, like give the Bucks credit. Like they know how to play the Raptors. They're a tough matchup. But at the same time, like the Raptors, like if you're gonna come out and make all this noise about like no one talks about us, you know, blah 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 blah. Yo, if you're going to be number one, you have to defend that stuff. And you have to be prepared for teams to come at you like this. And I don't think the Raptors are fully prepared for it. Now, I don't know. You could say about, you could talk about you know, this game as after the break, whatever. But, like, dude, come on, man. Just come ready to play. And I don't think the Raptors did that energetically. Which is rare, because they usually set the tone at home. But they didn't do that tonight, and that's kind of why they lost. So, um. The main takeaway is the Raptors had to do better in crunch time, man. Like, this whole thing, like, it's just, it's really hard. It's really hard to watch the Raptors in crunch time because they don't inspire any confidence. And um, you you contrast that to what the Bucs were doing. It's not like the Bucs were running great offense, but it was just Giannis was consistently able to create something. Um, And everyone was, was, like, the floor was well spread. um, And people were in their spots ready to shoot. And I guess you would want that with, the, like, the Rosen doing something like that. But, like, it's just not the same. And I think this is where it boils down to. Like, in the playoffs, it's tough. You get a lot of games like this. And it comes down to who's your guy. And, like, the Raptors' top guy, as much as we love Lowry and DeMar, and what they're doing for the Raptors is, is really important towards success, they're not elite players in this game. Like the way Giannis is, and that's why it's it's. I don't want to see the Bucks in the playoffs, man. I, I still think the Raptors can win. Still think it's a six game series, but like, man, it's tough. It's t- this, this team is crazy physical, and you know, you, and you can see the Raptors got all work. Like fifty one rebounds to thirty seven rebounds to the Raptor uh, for the Bucks with thirteen offensive rebounds to five. You got uh, five players getting seven more rebounds. Like the Raptors had three. And two of them were eight rebounds. So, like, it's tough. But, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately it comes down to that elite talent. And that's why it's really tough to play these games. And so, um, I don't know. There's some, I, I guess there's a learning opportunity and stuff like that. But I don't know what else you would, what much you could really learn from this other than it's just an annoying game. And, look, it's a one-possession game. They could have won a regulation if JV hit that free throw or was awarded that free throw, which it should have been. But... You know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, as for your three stars, um, your first star goes to Pascal Siakam, who was incredible off the bench. Um, out of anybody, he guarded Giannis the best. Um, I would describe it as Siakam 
not having Giannis's athleticism, but being in the same realm such that he's not outclassed. Like he's Giannis isn't quicker than Siakam. Giannis is a little bit longer, but not substantially longer than Siakam. Giannis is also not substantially stronger than Siakam. So, um, and the and their hustle, their motor is similar. Now, which is in, just insane. When Giannis plays forty five minutes with that same motor, offense and defense, he's insanely good. He's the only reason the rap the Bucks won this game. Um, but you know, Siakam was able to match that, and you could see a difference when Ibaka was in there and when Siakam was in there because Siakam has the nimbleness to match Giannis because Giannis is both nimble and explosive um and if he beats you with the nimbleness and the quickness then he will be explosive but Siakam was stuck with Giannis enough such that Giannis wasn't able to explode um there was a putback dunk at one point but like whatever like that happens but um yeah I thought Siakam did a great job on Giannis man and it gives me a lot of hope if the Raptors do play the Bucks in the playoffs um you're gonna have to find some time for Siakam to play because it's it's tough it's tough finding anyone else Siakam did a better job than PJ Tucker than Damari Carroll or Norm did last year in the playoffs I'll say that much and and other than Siakam still gave them 17 points eight rebounds Snuck back door for a bunch of layups, um had a couple impressive finishes was aggressive going to the rim hit a jumper like you know, shout out to Siaka, man. He's he's really blossom, and um, I know he, we had to put Serge back into the game, and I guess Serge is having a decent game, but I kind of would rather have Siaka out there in these types of matchups, uh, especially if you're going to put Ibaka at four and guard a, a leaf four like Giannis. Um, and then in terms of your second star, um, geez, this is tough. I'll give it to JV. I mean, yo, listen, JV had that great dunk to to send it to overtime. Did JV play great defense otherwise? Uh, the Bucs did attack him a lot for pick and roll and whatever, but it was fine. Like, they, they hit a bunch of mid-range jumpers over him. I'm not too concerned about that. And, yeah, like I said, JV had that dunk at the end. So, plus JV 10 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 5 of 7 shooting. Um, decent night. And then the third star, yeah, it's tough to say. I guess I'll give it to Rosen. I mean, look, yes, he had that brain fart at the end of the game. Man, still at 33 points, game high, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 13 to 26 shooting from the field, 2 threes, uh, 5 of 6 on the free throw line. Probably could have got more. Um, and, and a team high 41 minutes. I mean, like, I don't know what much else you would want aside from that. Also, by the way, Chris Milton shot 10 free throws in the wrap and DeRosa shot 6. Like, bro, what? What is this game? Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I'll, I'll bet if you pulled all the <laughs> if you pulled all the players across the league, Lauren and her crew is going to come in last in terms of who frustrates you the most. Well, I guess I mean she'll come in first, but yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's it's head scratching. But I don't think that's ultimately why they lost. Ultimately, the Raptors have real issues, and I think that's what this this game kind of revealed. But um, some of it's correctable, some of it's not. It's 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 tough to say. In terms of your Jonah Henderson Award. As much as it hurts me to say this, Jason Terry is the obvious candidate here. 26 minutes off the bench, which is crazy. 26 minutes at your senior age? Like, yo, come on, man. Just retire, please. Uh, 14 points for Jason Terry. Four or five shooting from the field. All those were threes. Had two free throws. Played great defense uh, against Van Vliet. Just in general, really. Just great defense. Um Like, hyped up the Bucks a lot. Like, and, and like I said, he hit that tough three in overtime. 
this is the type of veteran that the Raptors should be going after. Um, someone who has no fear, makes all the right plays, um, could give you spot minutes off the bench, and could hit a shot playing off the off the ball. That's it. And Jason Terry is kind of the perfect guy for that. I kind of wish the Raptors had Jason Terry. I'm not going to lie. I don't know where we play him, but, you know, to have another steady decision maker like that, I would not mind one bit. So, yeah, there it is. Anyway, um, read my 10 things. Uh, Everything, all the coverage is back on. The weekly column should come out. I'm probably going to spend a lot of tomorrow looking over more clutch tape and then sort of explain some of that stuff um, in terms of what the Raptors are doing wrong. But I think I've kind of covered... First off, I already wrote about that, like in the last column I wrote before this. But, yeah, it's... uh, my main takeaway is look, if you're gonna be you're gonna if you want the accolades of being the number one seed and stuff, act like it. Act like it, man. Cause the Raptors are now the first we're we're down to one. One game ahead of the Boston Celtics. They beat the Detroit Pistons. Cause they took care of business. And the Raptors couldn't. So uh if you want that if you want that accolade, if you want to talk to talk, walk the walk. That's 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 my takeaway. Anyway. Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, and uh, I'll be back after the next game.